Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The historic COP28 deal to transition away from fossil fuels creates huge momentum toward fighting climate change, but it also creates huge challenges. To start with the obvious, the 2024 election is coming up, which could leave the U.S. with Donald Trump or another Republican as president, likely slowing more aggressive climate action. But even if Joe Biden wins again, there are still tons of technical, legal, and economic hurdles to eliminating greenhouse gas emissions from the economy. So today, we chat with Politico's Alex Guillen about what it will take for the U.S. to reach the Dubai climate goals. It's Monday, December 18th. So the first thing the United States will need to do to meet the Dubai climate goal, let's start with the biggest source of greenhouse gases here in the U.S., which is transportation, the vast majority of which, of course, are cars and trucks. So the U.S. is going to have to pretty severely ramp up sales of electric vehicles or zero emission, but electric seems to be the really dominant technology there. The Biden administration has already sort of taken some steps in this direction. They proposed a rule earlier this year that they think would get to about 67% EV sales in 2032. So that's a pretty big jump from current sales. It's usually around 6-7% this year, it's going to seem like. So, you know, we're talking about a pretty big jump there. And there are reasons to think that EVs are becoming more popular. Consumer demand is up. Automakers are putting a lot of money into rolling out new EV models. But there are also some big questions remaining in this area including getting the materials to make batteries. Supply chain issues are going to be a problem for years to come, probably. And there's always sort of this fallback question from consumers about range anxiety and the increased price point up front, even if it comes with fuel savings over the lifetime. That's the first stop. Obviously, a big number two in this is going to be the power grid, CAT. There's going to be even more demand if we're ramping up the number of electric vehicles on the road. So tell me more about that. Yeah, totally. They, like you said, just the electricity needed to fuel an all electric future, including buildings and transportation and everything you just talked about, is going to just take up a ton of electricity. And under the current power system, definitely can't handle that. Frankly, the current power system can barely handle the level of demand we already have. So it's just going to be a huge challenge to basically what needs to happen is the US grid needs to really pretty much triple in size in terms of the transmission lines and just the power infrastructure needed to carry power from one area to the next. And part of the reason that's so critical is because we actually have a tremendous amount of development of new wind and solar resources. So if we're able to actually bring those resources online, then that could make a huge difference. I think under the latest numbers, if we brought every wind, solar, storage, battery, all of that online right today, then that would more than double current U.S. power production. So getting the transmission system right is really critical to actually being able to bring all of that generation onto the grid and and handle an influx of new demand. And then the other piece of the puzzle, of course, is coal and gas-fired power plants. So, you know, we've already seen coal-fired power plants coming offline really quickly for years now. A lot of that is because they're being priced out by cheaper resources like natural gas and wind and solar. 
But transitioning away from natural gas plants, that will actually be a lot more difficult now, given many U.S. utilities are still building these plants into the 2030s. And even under the EPA's proposal, as you pointed out, Alex, the agency has projected that in 2040, the U.S. will still get around a quarter of its electricity from fossil fuels, and that's primarily natural gas at that point. So again, just a build out of new grid infrastructure is really critical in order to bring those new resources online because you also can't eliminate coal and gas-fired power plants until you have resources to replace those power plants. Nuclear is a really tricky one because basically just the costs have still not come down for this technology. There's been a lot of federal money going into building these advanced nuclear plants. We know that the really big power plants of kind of the past century are just really not feasible to build. They're just not economically efficient. It would be a huge win for decarbonizing the power grid if we could bring these smaller nuclear power plants online to scale. But right now, it just hasn't happened yet. We saw the new scale project canceled. And that was kind of a big hope for, you know, getting that initial project online and then bringing more and more projects to commercial scale after that. So, you know, I think that'll be a really critical piece of the puzzle. But right now, it's just people can't kind of depend on that because it just hasn't been proven out. And I know that there are some other challenges on an even wider scale, including oil production. So, Alex, could you talk us through some of those challenges? I think one thing that doesn't get as much talk when we're talking about fossil fuels is there's so much focus on fossil fuels for providing energy, electricity or motor vehicle fuel or whatever. But fossil fuels are also used to make a number of products, the biggest one really being plastic. So many plastics are made with petrochemicals. They're effectively ubiquitous in American life. And hundreds and hundreds of products, like things you wouldn't even think about, like clothing, can include materials derived from petrochemicals. So we are going to have to find alternatives for a lot of those things. You know, that process is underway for a lot of materials, sometimes with success, sometimes not. I think we all remember the great straw wars of a few years ago. So imagine that times 100 or 1,000, and you can get a better sense of what that'll be like. But then also, just thinking long term, there are political and legal issues to everything we've talked about here. Number one being next year, if Donald Trump or another Republican is elected president, presumably the government's position on a lot of these issues is going to change and go in the opposite direction. There are also pretty big legal questions. The Supreme Court has sort of pared back EPA's climate authority over power plants, for starters. And certainly we're looking at another legal battle over the rule that EPA is finishing right now. Agencies are going to have to figure out how to work within their current legal remits and figure out how to do this. But I think that sort of highlights, if you go back to the Dubai climate goal, it's just sort of highlights the fact that it is effectively sort of voluntary and and nonspecific. You know, how long that's going to take, it's the only thing I can really say for certain at this point is it's going to take longer than you think. Also, on Friday, the Biden administration issued initial parameters on a tax incentive aimed at cutting emissions from aviation. The parameters allow several different kinds of fuels to qualify for the lucrative incentives offered under the Inflation Reduction Act, but the administration punted critical decisions on how to quantify emissions from sustainable fuels. Instead, the administration now has until March to update its modeling, likely giving the industry and climate advocates heartburn in the meantime. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.